MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSIN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside. Holden Kushner, this is the nightcap. Our guy Holden, Vegas didn't swallow you after day one here in the Sin City. How you holding up now here Very on a Tuesday? I've done nothing. <laughs> done nothing but work. I woke up today. I got ready for the first show, my guys in the desert. I went back yes, to the sir. room. I ate some dinner. I got ready for this show with Femi. <laughs> after this, my girlfriend's going to come in. She's going to want to take me out. She's going to want to gamble. She's going to want to go drinking and stuff. I'm going to tell her I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yep. There you go. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow, my friend. Actually, you know what? Wes is in tomorrow, yeah. so this is it for us. This is our swan song. Let's <laughs> yeah. have a good time tonight, Femi. We're going to make it count here as good. we try to make it count over the next three hours hanging out with you guys at home who are watching and listening. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live on Twitter. At Holden Radio is where you can find Holden on Twitter. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. We have a trio of great guests on the show this evening. Danny Vietti, CBS Sports, MLB, and the Wake and Rake podcast joins us in 30 minutes. Where's the value in the futures market right now that we're in the second half of the season? We'll discuss it with Danny. Andrew Cayley, betting, sports betting analyst, I should say, over at Covers, checks in at 8.15 to help us get ready for college football, which is quickly around the corner. And then Darnay Tripp, sports anchor and reporter over at NBC San Diego, makes his nightcap debut at 9.15. Are the Padres going to make the trade for Juan Soto, we'll get Darnay's thoughts in the third hour. All 32 NFL training camps, Holden, are now underway. It is absolutely a great time to be a sports better as football's right around the corner. In the Bay Area, Trey Lance has been given the keys to the 49ers. We'll take a look at his season-long props and MVP odds at 745. Offensive player of the year odds at 830. One wide receiver has emerged as the betting public's apple of their eye. So we'll discuss that here hmm. later on. DraftKings has a prop up for the most and fewest regular season wins. We'll examine those markets to start hour number three. But we begin holding on the baseball diamond. Right now, we got a lot of games going on, but I want to start in interleague with the New York Mets and the yeah. New York Yankees, the Subway Series in Queens. Right now in the top of the eighth, the Mets lead the Yankees 5-3, to three, and it was the Yankees who went off as the short road favorite. Minus 115, quote-unquote road. I mean, not too far away from, from City Field out there in the Queens, but the Mets minus 105, total at 8. So we're right on that number. Some places had 8.5s, but the 8 was the consensus number. Trending toward the under, 
We're at 5-3 right now. But uh, what have you seen so far in this Yankees-Mets game here? And it's the stars have shown up so far out there in Queens. Yeah, we got this on right now. So the first inning, I, first of all, I got the under eight. So it's a push at best for me. Mm. I said after the first inning, it's dead. And I just <laughs> laid on that one. It yeah. was 4-2 after one. But Judge comes out, hits a home run, two-run score. All of a sudden, hey, uh, the Yankees are, are the Mets' daddies. But not so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan Montgomery got in a little bit of trouble after that. Four runs in that first inning for the Mets, including a big bomb by Escobar. And now everything's settled down. So I'm a, I'm a little more comfortable about that eight, maybe getting a push here because these two bullpens are spectacular. And once you get to the Mets' eighth and ninth inning, I'll put them up right there with the Yankees. I mean, Diaz is something else. Adovino, who's on the mound right now. So this game is kind of played like I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit lower scoring, leaning toward the Mets, and that's what we've seen so far. I mean, these Mets, we'll talk about these divisional odds later, and the mm-hmm. Braves are still a sexy bet, a nice bet, but the Mets, man – this is probably their best shot to win it all, I'd say. And you even go back to 2006, maybe? I know they that 2015 team made a run. To me, it was Cinderella. This is their best team I've seen since 2006. Yeah, and Jacob DeGrom is going to make his return at mm-hmm. some point later on in the second half of this season. So this Mets team, come October, if you get DeGrom and Scherzer, that could be a very dangerous one-two punch for a team to deal with in a best-of-five or best-of-seven game series come postseason. Want to get to some of the games that are about to get underway here in about five minutes, starting the National League between the Washington Nationals and the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers had their win streak snapped last night as the Nationals were able to take game one of this series here, but the Dodgers coming back tonight, minus 260 favorites, the consensus number, the Nationals plus 210, totals at nine. I know yesterday you talked about Dodgers' run line. Is the number a little bit more palatable tonight? Yesterday I said don't bet the Dodgers' yes, run yes, line, yeah, right? You bet, yeah, you does. And what are we at right now? What are we sitting at for the Dodgers' run line? Because at 155, you got to be Minus kidding me. Minus 130. See, that's a lot more manageable. Here's the only thing, though. I mean, Josiah Gray's going out there for the Nats tonight. He has been beaten up. He's taken his lumps, but he also has a ceiling. And what I mean that is when he can go out and just dominate another team. Now, he came over in the Trey Turner deal, Femi, and mm. he got rocked in his start against his old franchise. He came out after that game, and I'll never forget it. He said, man, I was just nervous. I just It was too much. I had too much going on. I think tonight he actually bounces back. This is going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to stay away from run lines on this one. There's no doubt that the Dodgers are the better team, but I continue to say this. Their offense just – I'm not enamored with it. And for whatever reason, it's just not clicking right now. So this is a complete fade, stay-away spot for me. Mm-hmm. So just laying off of it. Don't have to bet every no. game on I'll the I'll watch board. it. I'll watch it. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Gray can do. This kid was mm-hmm. the centerpiece. Him and Ruiz were the centerpiece for this deal to get Trey Turner. And if we're talking about Juan Soto, I think that the return is probably going to have to be double what they got for Trey Turner. So it'll be interesting to see what we get out of Gray tonight. Yeah, maybe a live betting opportunity presents itself over there at Dodger Stadium. In the American League, the Texas Rangers taking on the Seattle Mariners. Mariners able to get back in the win column last night there. George Kirby's going to be on the mound tonight. Seattle minus 185, the favorite at home. Texas plus 155, total sitting at eight. Uh, again, uh, another situation where I'm kind of going to fade this game because the action that I got is going on right now. But I told you last night I like the under. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we saw. The, the steam came in. It pushed the total up to eight and a half, right, from eight to eight and a half. And tonight would not shock me. The, he, here's the interesting stat, though. Dane Dunning's on the mound for yep. Texas. They have lost 12 of his 13 decisions with him on the mound. Like, so that's, that's heavy. But again, we go back to the juice. Now, if I can get this in game, maybe Texas gets an early run in the first inning. 
Maybe we could back the Mariners there. But the other side of things, Kirby is on the mound. George Kirby, terrific young pitcher. He's going to get a pitch count tonight, though. 70 pitches, maybe four innings. So, again, there's a lot of unknowns. I like to try and trim as much fat as possible. There's a lot of fat on this game to have to sift through. So, as for now, no. But if Texas gets out to an early lead, let's revisit this and talk about maybe back in the M's in-game. Okay, yeah. In-game, I know that's your bit, your thing. Love it. You love in-game mm-hmm. live betting here. So, hopefully, last night we didn't really get the perfect opportunity. Correct. There were some that were close, but we'll see if we can get one tonight here. Um, you mentioned you had action on some of the games that are going yeah. on right now. Which yeah. one really is kind of at the top of mind but, for you? Yeah, if you're watching us, you see me looking up at the screen in the top right <laughs> in the game that nobody is watching but me. So, the Royals minus 116, uh-huh. taking on the Angels. Now, Halos took a 2-0 lead. Otani went deep tonight. This Angels team is 3-15 and 15 this month. They can't hit. They can't pitch. Unfortunately, you know, the Royals are not much better, but I did back the Royals tonight. They're down 2-0, bottom of the six, bases loaded, one out. So, again, I'm, I'm hoping the Royals can come through here. Just bad things continue to happen to the Angels. And if Otani isn't doing something, then this team isn't doing anything. Again, Otani with the home run. But I'm in a decent spot right now, bottom of the six. I would not live bet this since I'm already in it. But I'll tell you this much. If I was not invested in this game already, mm-hmm. this would be a bad time to do it. Because no runs have scored. You do not, or I do not, routinely bet in-game with the bases loaded with my team down trying to look at that number. Very easily, ground ball, double play. It's not the time to do it. Wait till the end of the half inning. But I need a base hit here. Let's tie this thing up. Let's go, Kansas City. There you go. So you got the Kansas City Royals taking mm-hmm. on the Los Angeles Angels out there in the American League. Also in the AL, Houston and Oakland. Uh, I know that was a game that yeah. you were eyeing as well when we were talking about uh, some of the games before the show got underway here. The Astros, NBA is scoreless in the top of the second. The total closed at seven juice to the under. Houston, a minus 165 favorite on the road. Oakland, plus 140 here. Uh, any opportunities that might present themselves in this game? But the Astros are also missing some key players as well. Yeah, well, go look at that total. I mean, we were sitting here like six, six and a half, five, five and a half. Yeah, this is one of the mm. lowest totals you're ever going to see, and it even dropped more because there was no Altuve. Once we learned Altuve's out, McCormick, Pena, Jordan is banged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I told you right before we went on, I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have non-buyer's remorse because I should have backed the Oakland A's at minus 177. So that is something where Femi – if I'm feeling it and we're in the middle of a segment, I have to weigh whether or not John Goulet is going to yell at me or do I want to make my money. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you got you to gotta take what you can get. Femi, by the way, Femi. You got to weigh those yeah. options. And you know what? Yeah. If it's worth it in your opinion, yeah. you just got to go ahead and bite the bullet. Yeah. Femi's <laughs> the one to tell me to get, get the hell out of the studio. So just so everybody knows, <laughs> when I place this bet, it's not on me. It's not, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. but I, I do yeah, like no the A's today. Listen, the A's are garbage, and mm-hmm. the Astros are a legitimate World Series threat. But yes. I just look at this, two really good pitchers on the mound. Frankie Montas, I'll put him up against just about anybody. Uh, you got the lunch lady on the other side tonight. <laughs> the lunch lady. Yeah, Garcia, man, he's the lunch lady. Don't ask me why they call him the lunch lady. I can't get into it right now. But, um, yeah, scoreless. I, I, I might be running down there in game for yeah. a little live bet on Oakland. Uh, really? entertaining game going on over there in Milwaukee between Mm -hmm. the Twins and the Brewers. Right now, it's 6-6 in the bottom of the sixth. The Brewers went off as minus 115 favorites. Twins minus 105. Totals at 9, so we already went over the total. Live total sitting right now at 15.5. Anything real quick for you in this game, potentially live in-game action? I mean, I would back the Brewers for the sole fact that their bullpen just (laughs) – 
it scares the hell out of me if I'm an opposing offense late. Mm. Lean toward the Brewers here live. Yeah, and you have to pay a little bit more juice than you had to do at pre-flop. Minus 155. Wait till the they get through now. the inning. Wait till they flop. Get to the top of the seventh. You've got a better number. All right. Yeah, there you can go. you got to be patient. You can't just, can't just fire away here uh, when you're looking to do some in-game betting. But get the folks up to date on some of the final scores from around the league. Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. That game is concluded. The Orioles get a 5-3 victory at Camden Yards. And then the Chicago Cubs, they defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates 4-2. And then you have the Miami Marlins winning a pitcher's duel against the Cincinnati Reds 2-1. The Marlins were minus 115 road chalk. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on all across Major League Baseball. Like you mentioned, Aaron Judge is homered. Shohei Otani is homered. The big names are coming up big here on a Tuesday. And on the other side, we'll see who has the biggest wide receiver room in the NFL. Best wide receiver core in the National ain't Football the Broncos. League. The nightcap. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Nightcap is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little bit different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Holden Kushner here. Uh, Major League Baseball, big slate tonight. We're keeping our eyes on that. Got two West Coast games that just got underway between the Rangers and Mariners and also the Nationals and Dodgers. However, this discussion that we're about to have sparked from last night's talk about wide receivers and the Denver Broncos because Holden hosted the Denver CityCast. Make sure mm-hmm. you catch that wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Disagreed with my take that the Denver Broncos have the best wide receiver room in the National Football League. Now, Denver, I think, is absolutely loaded at the position. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, who's on the pup right now. They have a, a plethora of pass catchers for Russell Wilson out there in the Rocky Mountains. But you aren't really sold on them being the absolute very best. Why is that? Well, I think there's five teams that are probably ahead of them as far at a minimum. Five. At a minimum. Okay. Five I'm, teams. All right, I want to hear this. Listen, if you want to tell me that at the end of the season – the Broncos have a chance to have a top five wide receiver core. I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's, Cortland Sutton's put one year together. One year. And then he got injured again. Then you have Jerry Judy. I don't want to call him a bust yet because it's injuries, but yeah. you don't have explosiveness with Tim Patrick, and you got a one-trick pony in K.J. Hamler. Now, could everything change because Russell Wilson's there? Absolutely. All of a sudden, you know, maybe D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett weren't that good uh, if, if – Russell Wilson wasn't there, but you start with Cincinnati. I mean, how can you put Denver up there with Cincinnati? You want to tell me that? With, with Jamar Chase, possibly the best wide receiver in football coming up this season. T. Higgins, who is the best number two in the NFL. Tyler Boyd, one of the best slot receivers in football. So for me, it's, it's Cincinnati, and that's immediate. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, we can go look at Tampa Bay then. Now, I get it. Uh, Godwin's coming off an ACL. He's come back very quickly, but you still have Godwin, Evans. Now you bring in Julio into the mix. I'm not as big on Julio Jones. I think he'll be fine as a veteran presence. They're not gonna. He's not gonna turn into Antonio Brown last year and put up monster games consistently. But uh, then you look at the other the other wide receiver here is Russell Gage. So I'd say they're deeper mm-hmm. and more talented at the top than they are with the Broncos. The uh, the team I really love, and I told you last night I was kind of on the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins this year. Yeah. I love the Dolphins. But if you give me Jalen Waddell, who nobody is talking about being the next great wide receiver, this kid is special with Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson. You know a thing or two about Ced Wilson, don't C- you? Cedric Wilson, I'd say, is a solid player. I wouldn't really solid say three. That. Yeah, he's a solid three. He's he's not like a oh one of the best slot receivers in the I NFL. I don't think he's that, but I'd say he's a solid three. But Tyreek okay. Hill definitely takes that receiving core over the top. Correct, Raiders. Raiders, I don't know if they have the depth that Denver has. Just that wide receiver we're talking about. Yep. But you give me the top, you give me possibly the best receiver in the game, mm-hmm. and Devontae Adams and a great possession receiver, and Hunter Renfro. There's another team I got ahead of them. And we could just keep going on. Let's see here. So, uh, so the, d- let's get back to the Denver conversation. Okay. Because you, you, have, you have poo-pooed my Denver Bronco take, and I want to have a little bit of a chance to respond here. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I am high on the Denver Broncos, you mentioned Cortland Sutton has only mm-hmm. had one big year of production, mm-hmm. one 1,000-yard receiving season under his belt. But one of the reasons for that, and the biggest reason for that, is because look at the guys who have been throwing him mm-hmm. football. I mean, it's been Drew Locke, it's been Teddy Bridgewater, uh, it's been Kendall Hinton at times, you know? Like, not to throw him under the bus because that was an emergency situation. But this Broncos wide receiving core has been held back by the quarterback play. Mm -hmm. Now you have a quarterback that is a top-tier quarterback in Russell Wilson, a future Hall of Famer, and I think Sutton 
has big-time talent. There's a reason why he went relatively high in the draft there. He's a big wide receiver, also agile, can make plays after the catch, can win jump balls, can test the defense going deep there. I think Russell Wilson's going to use him in a similar fashion that he used DK Metcalf out in Seattle. And I don't think Sutton is as fast as Metcalf, but I think that he's a little bit more agile and his route tree is a little bit more expansive than what DK Metcalf's is. And Jerry Judy, I think, is going to be a breakout star this year for the Denver Broncos just because of his route running ability to instantly get open. He's got that elite wiggle that you want out of a receiver, can shake guys off of the line, is really good with the routes. If he can stay healthy, I think Judy's going to be another reliable target for Russell Wilson and be a high-end number two wide receiver. I mean, Jerry Judy was picked in the first round. Guys who get picked in the first round usually have wide receiver one type of talent, but he's not going to have to be the wide receiver run in in Denver with Cortland Sutton there. Tim Patrick, you mentioned, really good possession receiver there Mm -hmm. for the Broncos as well. But I think all of these guys have a little bit extra in their game that we didn't see because – of the quarterback situation. So you think because of the potential that they're going to have a better wide receiver room than the Bengals? The Bengals, you might have me there. (laughs) And and I I readily admit I glossed over the Cincinnati Bengals when I was thinking about this Denver Broncos wide receiver room. I love Jamar Chase. I think by the end of the year, he's probably going to be known as the best wide receiver in football. So no arguments there on Chase. Higgins, another high-end number two guy. I would put the Vikings ahead of him too. Because I think Justin Jefferson... Just again, you you love Chase. I love yeah. Jefferson. We're and I both love Jefferson right. too. We're both right. Yeah. And I love Chase too. So we're right there with those guys. Thielen, I would take Thielen over Jerry Judy at this point. Just a guy that I know is going to give me production, hopefully stay on the field. But as far as production that has already been had, Thielen is ahead of him. Thielen was banged up last year, but this before the injury. I mean, Adam Thielen was a you know a top level wide receiver. And then you got KJ Osborne, who is another young guy. We talk about young receivers. KJ mm-hmm. Osborne is a guy coming up too. So I think there's another team that I would kind of put ahead of the Broncos at this point. Again, maybe this is me just being too close and nitpicking I, 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 yeah, because that happens, be. right? Yeah. That happens. You nitpick, you nitpick, you nitpick. But I mean, ultimately, I probably have seven teams that are ahead of the Broncos as far as wide receiver rooms heading into this season. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver room I think is really interesting because you mentioned them signing Julio Jones Mm -hmm. earlier this afternoon there. We'll see what we can get out of Julio Jones. I'm not sure what he has left there. Um, I wanted to buy into him last year when he was in Tennessee, but from what I saw in Tennessee, Mm -mm. it was no bueno there from Julio Jones. However, the really big news, though, was that Chris Godwin was not placed on the pup list. So Chris Godwin is pretty close to being cleared to practice, which is stunning. To me, because based on when he tore his ACL last season, I believe it was week 14 or 15 against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football in that game where they got shut out 9 nothing. I figured Chris Godwin was probably going to come back around October, maybe middle of October, yeah. but now it's looking like maybe it's week one or week two or week three for Chris Godwin coming back based on the fact that he was not placed on the pup list. If Godwin is anywhere near where he was last year, I'd be completely shocked. I mean, we're talking seven months after a reconstruction, and I get it. I get it. Cam Akers came back from the Achilles. Doctors and surgery. Modern medicine. Robots. You know, robots are changing the way the game is being played these days. But in all seriousness, I would be shocked if Chris Godwin was the Chris Godwin that we saw last year, at least in the first half of the season. It's got to take some time. Mm -hmm. But the rest of that room is still spectacular. Spectacular. And I'm with you on Julio. 
Just yeah, I don't. I don't think he has much left in the team. Put him out the pasture. You know what? He can play <laughs> a role. He can play a role as a possession receiver and as a red zone threat. Even though, if you played fantasy football, you knew every single year Julio Jones was going to yep. get you eight thousand yards and two touchdowns. Exactly. He never right? got a touchdown. But maybe Tom Brady makes him into something a little bit different. There, there is something about this Brady effect. But that's still a great wide receiver room. It is a really good wide receiver room there. And Godwin is, in my opinion, Brady's favorite target. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that he goes to whenever he's in trouble. And that's why I was kind of a little bit worried about Tampa Bay. But at the start of the season here, once Gronk retired, Godwin, we figured he was going to be out for a little bit of time here to start the year. But it sounds like Godwin's going to be back there. So Brady gets his favorite wide receiver back. Mike Evans, I think, is due for a big year. Maybe not as big as I once thought because I thought Godwin was going to be a little bit banged up. So my Mike Evans 125-1 to to win Offensive Player of the Year took a little bit of a hit today. (laughs) But I still think he's going to have another really big season as well there. And Russell Gage, he's another guy that I thought was really good in Atlanta. Uh, And it's hard to shine in an offense that was really poor with the Falcons there, but I thought he was a reliable guy for Matt Ryan out there in the ATL. But yeah, this Bucks team, the wide receiver room, I think is really good. Brady has, these guys are going to help him age gracefully. And that's why we haven't seen that precipitous decline from Tom Brady at his advanced age, turning 45 later next month. But he has so many talented receivers to get the football to mm-hmm. that it doesn't really show up in the statistics. I'll just say this. In the AFC West alone, you, I think the Broncos... They could be fourth in the wide receiver department. I'll also put the Chargers fourth. ahead of them. I love Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Josh Palmer's my breakout this year. Josh Palmer's going to go bananas. Can't wait. You have the Chiefs wide receiver room ahead of Denver? No. Okay. That would be it. Third, then. <laughs> I was going to say, man. But, yeah. uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Settle is, down, is Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> Denver, I am high on them, and I'm buying low on this Denver Broncos okay. wide receiver stock just because of what they had with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater a year ago. So I, I, if you don't want to buy low, I'll buy up all that stock. That sh- those shares that you're selling, give them to me. You got it, pal. Give them to me. Corlin Sutton, 101 Offensive Player of the Year. We'll talk about Offensive Player of the Year later on in the show. But coming up next, oh, we got our first guest joining the program here. And his name is, let me pull up my, Danny Vietti of CBS Sports MLB joining us here on the Night Game. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus, Best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guys today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Femi Bebefe, alongside Holden Kushner here. We talked a little NFL in the last segment, but our eyes clearly on baseball as well because the card is heavy tonight as we're now living in a post-All-Star break world. And to help us talk more MLB and to find some value in the futures market, we bring in Danny Vietti of CBS Sports MLB and the Wake and Rake podcast. Make sure to get that wherever you get your podcast. Danny, we appreciate the time this evening. want to start off with the AL MVP because we've seen both Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani homer tonight. At this point of the season, who is your MVP 
And what are the chances you think your answer actually changes by the time we get to the end of the season? Yeah, it's a loaded question at this point. It, <laughs> and, and, and this is why, because you're dealing with the team with the best record in Major League Baseball with the New York Yankees, not Darren Judge. And then you're dealing with a team that is in fourth place in the American League West yet again, and that is the Los Angeles Angels and Shohei Otani. And so it's so tough to assess this situation. And if you're, you know, we have a betting audience here, so I'm sure a lot of people are uh, used to betting NBA, NFL. You typically, typically give it to the quarterback in the NFL who has the best season and who has a good season uh, as a team in the NBA similarly. In Major League Baseball, it's just completely different. Um, Shohei Otani, in my opinion, is the most valuable player in baseball. His ability to do it on the mound and with the bat. Um, he just hit his 21st home run tonight. Um, his ERA is top 10 in Major League Baseball. His strikeout per nine is top 10 in Major League Baseball. When he's on the mound, the Angels win more games than they, they don't. And that's not the case when anybody else is on the mound. It's no... Uh, you know, disregard to what Aaron Judge has been doing this season. I mean, look at the team. Best, they're, they're on pace for 110 wins. That's, that's incredible. Um, and I believe Aaron Judge is still the favorite, according to Vegas odds. Um, but to me, Shohei is my most valuable player, uh, just simply because he's able to do it on both sides of the ball. It's just we've never seen this type of thing happen. And it would be, uh, in my opinion, it would be uh, negligent to not give it to mm. Shohei Otani at this point. So for you, is there anything that Aaron Judge can do to win this award and take it from Shohei Otani? Does he have to hit 60 home runs and the Yankees have to have the best record in the MLB? Or is there nothing that Judge can do that you think is more valuable than Shohei Otani? That's a great question. And the simple answer to that would be it has nothing to do with Judge. It has everything to do with Otani. Hmm. If, Otani if Otani hits a wall with the bat, falls into a slump, then Judge can kind of take the lead there. Same hmm. thing with on the mound. If his ERA balloons to you know high threes low fours then you kind of have to reassess things and then you know you look at it, what Aaron Judge is doing if he continues to creep toward that 60 home run mark then you kind of look at what you know what he's doing but it, it has less to do with what Judge does it has more to do with what Otani does because you know we, we've said it for this entire year me and my co-host on our Wake and Rake podcast to sustain that success on the mound and with the bat like Otani does uh, if anybody can do it, it's Otani, but we've never seen it before. But here he is doing it for the second year in a row. It's less about Judge. It's just more about what Otani does on a day-to-day. All right, let's take a complete left turn here. We're going to go to the uh, Washington Nationals. Mike Rizzo has a big decision. Does he take a big package now, or does he wait till the offseason and get uh, possibly even a bigger package? Talk to me here. What do you think happens with Soto before the deadline? Who are the top couple of teams you think are in the mix for him? Yeah, it's such a unique situation. Uh, when you're selling a team, you want your team to be the most valuable it could possibly be. And how could it be more valuable by losing Soto? Well, they offered him the $400-plus million deal. He declined, and so now everything's on the table. Um, that relationship between Soto and the front office is a bit rigid. Uh, in the reports recently, at least. Um, so at this point it's looking likely that he will be dealt, if not by August 2nd, this trade deadline, then this offseason. Um, in my opinion, one team that's been kind of lurking behind the scenes is the San Francisco Giants. And mm. keep this in mind, you look at San Francisco right now and you're thinking, 
they're at 500. They're a few games back in the wild card. Why would the San Francisco, uh, why would San Francisco go by right now? Well, Juan Soto has two and a half years left on his rookie uh, before he hits for agency, essentially. He's going to have two years of arbitration. San Francisco can't afford the extension that Soto is or would be looking for, which would be likely half a billion dollars. San Francisco also has three top 100 MLB prospects in their system, not to mention guys like Joey Bart, who was a first-round draft pick four years ago. Uh, Hunter Bishop was another first-round pick a couple years ago and Elliot Ramos, who was recently a top 100 prospect. So they have a strong farm system, top 11 in baseball. They also have money to spend. Uh, they opted not to use a lot of the money that they could have spent this last offseason. They instead went uh, the direction of going Jock Peterson on a one-year deal, Carlos Rodon on a two-year deal. They need a guy in the middle of that lineup. Soto's young, 23 years old. It's a perfect fit. They haven't had the same starting left fielder. Um, on opening day since Barry Bonds. They've had a wow. different starting left fielder uh, in San Francisco every single opening day. So it's been a revolving door for years. The money, the logistics, everything makes sense, at least from where I stand. But we're speaking with Danny Vietti of CBS Sports MLB, also the host of the Wake and Rake podcast here. Uh, one of the teams, and this one might be a little bit more unlikely, Danny, the New York Mets have been linked to Juan Soto, but I'm not sure how much the Nationals are eager to trade him within the division. But speaking this year without Soto, do you like the Mets to hang on to win the NL East? Because every time I look up, the Braves are winning another game here. Uh, what do you think happens with this Mets team later on down the line? And are they possibly a sneaky team? Not really sneaky, but a team that could potentially win the NL pennant. Uh, this season? Well, when you consider where they're at in the standings and the fact that they've been able to sustain the success uh, seemingly all season long, and that's despite the Braves catching fire over the past two, three months, um, it, they haven't had their best pitcher this entire time. Max Scherzer just came back a couple weeks ago. Jacob deGrom made his final, or is making his final rehab start for AAA this week. So of all the teams in Major League Baseball, the Mets are actually going to probably improve the most at the, dead, at the deadline because they possess the greatest talent that hasn't been already playing for their team. He just happens to already be in that organization. That is Jacob DeGrom. Um, so I, you look at the Braves, you look at the Mets, it, it, you can talk about you know this team has a better bullpen, this team's a little bit better defensively. I mean, you look at these two teams in a Game 7 series, hypothetically in the playoffs, it's going to come down to the little things. Both teams are fantastic. Both teams can pitch. Both teams can play defense. I would give Atlanta a little bit of a leg up offensively. I would give New York a little bit of a leg up pitching-wise. Uh, it's going to come down to little to the little things right now. I mean, both teams are fantastic. Both teams have a shot to win a World Series. No question. Um, last thing for you here, I'm watching a little Dodgers, Mookie Betts. <laughs> Femi, you were talking about all the stars hitting home runs tonight. Well, Mookie just did that too. <laughs> What's your take on the Dodgers here going forward? Obviously just stacked. Offensively, I'm a little concerned. I haven't really seen them get uh, going to this point. Is it back to ho-hum Dodgers? They'll make their way to where they need to be? What's your take on them here half the, past the halfway point? Yeah, I mean, they're the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? I mean, they're going to be dominant during the regular season. It's really going to come down to what Andrew Friedman and that front office does at the deadline. I expect them to be very aggressive. Um, this, this is kind of an interesting tidbit that uh, I'm really – really kind of keeping a keen eye on. Uh, you guys mentioned the Juan Soto sweepstakes. I said San Francisco. Los Angeles, too, is an interesting spot. Um, I question whether that front office would be willing to deal Gavin Lux, 
Dustin May um, in a deal for, say, a Juan Soto or, or possibly even a, a bigger name pitcher, maybe a Frankie Montas, Luis Castillo. The Miami Marlins are potentially shopping their starters, not Sandy Alcantara, but guys like Pablo Lopez. Los Angeles also has some top 100 prospects that are intriguing, but they have some big league talent, like you just mentioned, with Gavin Lux uh, and Dustin May, who is right now recovering from his Tommy John surgery. Uh, they have a lot of uh, packages that they could make for some big-time talent at the deadline. Um, you got to have faith in that front office. I mean, they went and got guys like Tyler Anderson in the offseason. He ended up being an all-star this year. Tony Gonsolin has, was an all-star this year. Um, the pitching could use some help. That bullpen needs some help. Craig Kimbrell has been a little shaky at the back end of that bullpen. So if I expect them to do anything at the deadline, it's going to be bullpen. That's going to be their big focus. But like I just said, they have packages to make for some big-time moves. So it'll be interesting to watch what they do. He is Danny Vietti of CBS Sports MLB, also the Wake and Rake podcast. Danny, we appreciate the time. Great info, and we hope to talk soon. Hey, likewise, guys. Have a good night. Awesome stuff there from Danny. Speaking of those New York Mets that you asked him about there, uh, they went ahead and got a victory against the New York Yankees 6-3. So the Yankees lose that first game of the Subway Series as the New York Mets trying to fight off these Atlanta Braves out there in the NL East. Come back with us. Will Trey Lance make them dance in San Francisco? We ask that next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MVP. I'm curious to see how this plays out down the stretch, though, because it almost feels like on a night-in, night-out basis, we're going to see arguments for both sides there. Judge homers once again. The Yankees lose, though. The Angels, Otani, he homered tonight as well, and they lead the Royals 5-0. So 
went up to Otani today after Judge kind of overtook him as the favorite in that market. You know, when Michael Jordan, I'm not saying Otani's Michael Jordan. I was going to say what? But Michael Jordan, <laughs> every year he was the MVP, and they didn't give it to him. Yeah. Right? Every single year, year after year, and they give it to somebody else. And I think Otani ultimately is going to be the most valuable player in Major League Baseball for a long time, as long as he keeps pitching. Because as good of a hitter as he is, he's just as good of a, of a pitcher. So I think it's just going to be, do the, do the voters at some point in time get just too saturated with Otani? Is it over? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we've given this guy two. He's still the most valuable player. We're going to give him three. And then at what point in time do you have just a hitter? That doesn't do both. But just a hitter, what does this guy have to do? Does Judge have to hit 70 home runs? 65 home runs, is that enough? I think it helps that Judge is playing in New York, the biggest yeah. market, the Yankees, the biggest team out there. Uh, but the other thing is, as far as voters go, most of them you know, see every team. So it's not like the fans where they're not seeing Otani more than one or two times a year and they're seeing Judge every single night. He's just, he's the best. Otani's just the best. And he is the most valuable. If this was 10 years ago, he, he would be in sixth place because his team's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Right? They're three and fifteen this month. But that doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. So he's the bet it's the it's the baseball's best player. It's not the most valuable player. Should it matter? I, to me, I, I would like to see a, a guy not just be the best to be the most valuable that way they would be on a good team, but I also know how it works. You know, that's just not the way it works anymore. I'd like to see a guy be on a team that's actually playing for something. There's a difference between having at bats on a team 50 games under 500 and a guy that is in the middle of a pennant race in September. Those at bats mean a lot more. You know, the pressure is a lot more. And I think we'll see that with Aaron Judge and the Yankees, and we're not going to see that with Shohei Otani, but you're not going to get me to say anything bad about Otani. I absolutely love this guy. He is the most unique player I've ever seen. He is on both sides. If you count the two-way player, he's the best player in baseball, and he's probably going to be the most valuable as well. But it'll be fun reading some of these uh, writers, you know, so sanctimonious, very self-important. Oh, this is, this is just tearing me limb to limb. Who do I vote for? You know, it's, it's Otani. It's like, he's the best. It's like, guys, settle down. This is a, an award for yeah. baseball. This yeah. is not, you're not carrying cancer yeah. over here. So exactly. Let's, 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 let's take it down a couple notches yeah. uh, with all that stuff. But just to get folks uh, up to date on what's going on right mm-hmm. now in Major League Baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they mm-hmm. trail the Washington Nationals 2-1 in the bottom of the second. Still very early, but the Dodgers went off as heavy favorites in that game. The Diamondbacks and Giants are tied at two in the mm-hmm. bottom of the third. The Seattle Mariners have a two nothing lead in the bottom of the second. The Oakland A's are leading four nothing against the Houston Astros in the bottom of the third. And then, as we mentioned, the Angels up five zip against the Kansas City Royals in the bottom of the seventh. Uh oh. The the Astros. No. Uh, you you were thinking about taking no. Oakland tonight. No, I I got my butt kicked tonight. Uh, I'm not laying down yet. Christian Walker just hit a three run bomb for the Diamondbacks. Oh, I had wow. the Giants' first five tonight. That's not going to happen. That's going to be tough. Uh, Walker just destroyed this pitch. Carlos Rodon's been one of the best pitchers, not in the National League, in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And this anemic offense for the Diamondbacks. I'm just watching. He slammed that ball to left field. Giants going to take one on the chin tonight. A lot of time to catch up still, and you can get to the Diamondbacks' bullpen, but this first five innings is definitely not going the yeah. way that I had planned on it going. Yeah, not a whole lot of time for you, at least, no. to cover that in the first no. five there with the Giants now trailing in the bottom of the third five to two.
Well, we teased it on the other side. Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. has officially been given the keys to the franchise. John Lynch, the general manager, the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, had their State of the Union press conference before training camp today. And Kyle Shanahan made it clear that they are moving on to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo will no longer be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. So this Trey area, the Trey era and Trey day, it is now here. What other puns can we put in there? I'm not, I'm not a, a punster. Lot of, so it's a lot of them. We can throw them all out there. But uh, in all seriousness, Trey Lance, he's only started two games last year. This yeah. is essentially a year one for him. What are you expecting from the second-year quarterback out of North Dakota State? I am expecting a lot of inconsistency. I bet you we see three or four just blow-up games. I was so excited about this kid last year. I really was. Him and Justin Fields. And unfortunately for both of them, I mean, Trey Lance – he, he was treated like a leper. I mean, they didn't want him getting into games. He had to start one week. They put him in there in week 17, too. Mm. Um, he obviously can run. He just changes this whole offense now because you give, you now give this offense another runner. They didn't have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. This kid has a great arm, too. I think you're going to have to be patient. Uh, I think the Niners' defense is Super Bowl caliber. A lot of question marks about this kid. I think you'll see turnovers. I think you'll see a lot of running. And I think you'll see some dazzling plays as well. But you said kind of like a rookie. He did. Listen, last year was important. Sit, see what it's all about. Go through the process, then get back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a little ahead of, of a rookie. But honestly, I am not as high on Trey Lance now as I was at this time last year. I think it's just because I need to see it. But you're going to get a guy. I think that turns the ball over. It's going to be frustrating. You're also going to be a guy that's going to make some monster explosive plays. Well, have you fallen a little bit victim to the results of what we saw last year? Of course. Because, because we only saw two games. Yes. And I know a lot of folks would ask me throughout this offseason, hey, what do you think of Trey Lance and the 49ers? And I would say, you know what? My grade on Trey Lance in 2021 is incomplete. Yeah. He didn't play that much football. So I can't tell you if he's bad. I can't tell you if he's good. What I can tell you is that I don't know. And I'm not even sure the 49ers know what they have. Now, they have a better idea than what we have. But I don't think they fully know what they have in Trey Lance there at quarterback. All I can say is this. And I was in Washington, D.C. when Robert Griffin III was there. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the, and there's a whole backstory to this. The Shanahans didn't want him. They wanted Kirk Cousins. Ownership wanted RG3. This is how it worked out. So they but, picked both. But you know what they did? <laughs> they said, all right, Griffin can't throw, so what are we going to do? We're going to run him. And he ran a ton, and that offense just took off. They were spectacular. I have a hard time believing that Trey Lance – is in the same stage of development to where Robert Griffin III was when he came into the league. And he's not the athlete RG3 was. I'll tell you this much. If he struggles throwing the football, that dude is going to run a lot. Mm. A lot. And I think they'll play it safe, and they'll have the guy running around. What would I like to see? I'd love to see Trey Lance, though, just open it up. Went to a small school. I get it. But again, he has that year under his belt. He didn't play very much. I think that's going to help him out a lot. He's in a wonderful situation. Great system to run the ball. They can protect the quarterback. Great defense. Yeah. My only concern is that he hasn't played a full season of football since 2019. Because if you remember back in 2020, the FCS Mm -hmm. pushed their season into the spring. So North Dakota State only played that one game, which is essentially a showcase game for Trey Lance for the NFL scouts. And then last year, he started two games. So he hasn't been a full-time starter since 2019. That's a lot of time to not be playing football there. Now he's been developing and studying under Jimmy Garoppolo and watching tape and doing all these reps at practice. But you get better at football by, guess what, playing football. 
and that's something that Trey Lance hasn't done consistently since 2019. However, his betting profile, though, is interesting. He's 50 to 1 to an MVP, 40 to 1 to an Offensive Player of the Year. You look at his passing yards, 3,500 and a half is the prop there. Passing TDs, 21 and a half. Rushing yards, 500 and a half. Rushing TDs, five and a half. Interceptions, ten and a half. Do any of those jump out to you? Uh, under, 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 under. Didn't we just have this conversation last <laughs> night? Bet unders blindly. In all seriousness, like the one that I, if he did stay healthy, I, I could see him running for six, seven hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like him to go over that rushing prop. But again, you know, as we've been digging into these numbers more and more, placing overs on futures for quarterbacks, not the way to make money long term. But if there was one that I'd go over, I think that rushing number is definitely attainable. Yeah, our producer Dan Miller, I know he likes the over on the interceptions at 10 and a half there. That's I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to give him that opportunity to throw 10 and a half uh, over 10 and a half interceptions. I mean, I think maybe it's going to be a ground heavy attack. <laughs> and if he's making mistakes, they're going to rein it in, I think. It's an interesting thought there. Again, you play 15, 16, 17 games, double-digit interceptions is definitely happening. He's just a young definitely quarterback. Definitely doable. Definitely doable. Yeah. MVP long shot, 50 to 1? No. You're going to write him off? Not going to do it. Second-year quarterback. Wouldn't be prudent. Yeah, second-year quarterback. We've seen guys like Mar Jackson, second year, mm-hmm. go ahead and win MVP. Now, he played eight games his rookie he year. He did. Played a little bit more football than Trey Lance did. So we'll see what Trey Lance can do in 2022. On the other side, we start our number two, Trey Lance MVP. Let's open up the discussion to everybody here. Let's talk MVP market in the NFL next here on the Nightcap. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 